Thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. I am Mustafa Sharif, an urban planner, and you're more than welcome to join my big journey of exploring the making of smarter and more livable cities. Please don't forget to follow Urbanistica on the different social media platforms and also let's connect on LinkedIn. Big thanks to Urbanistica podcast partner, Afri. Afri is an international engineering and design company providing sustainable solutions in the fields of energy, industry and infrastructure. Are you ready for a new episode? Let's go for it. episode from Ponte Vedra. I have the pleasure to welcome you, Vivian and Hans, to Urban Sky Podcast. Hey, and welcome. Hi. Hello. How are you doing, Vivian? I think now we have reached that point that we are very happy and very ready for the final party. Nice, nice. And Hans? I'm super proud, super proud. Everybody was so happy to be together again. Yeah. Uh, the network is growing, so it's it's wonderful to see. And Pontevedra was just yeah. wonderful. Yeah, and now we are like a few hours from the closing ceremony, right? Are you prepared? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah and on the one hand, there's a part of me that's happy, and there's a <laughs> big part of me that's sad as well. That's often, you know, it's a double feelings. Yeah, it's always like this. How about you, Vivian? Yeah, likewise. I mean, it has been a very sentimental week. Yeah. Um, so very mixed feelings right now and yeah. looking forward for the next one i think already <laughs> <laughs> already so you are our storytellers in this episode uh, you're famous in the placemaking uh, community we have many people also listening that non-placemakers yet but i'm sure they're gonna join so how would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners so i'm vivian Bumba. i come all the way from greece from Thessaloniki and living in athens i'm board member of placemaking europe since 2019 and I'm also, I have my own Stipo office, uh, yeah, representing uh, the, the team from the Netherlands, also in Greece. Yeah. Yes. And I'm uh, Hans, Hans Karsenberg, um, coming from Amsterdam, and I'm one of the board members in Placemaking Europe, um, and one of the founders and partners in, in Stipo. Yeah. How was, like, the, the, if you take us back in time, like, when you founded, co-founded this network? Um, Did you expect to see it growing like this? No, 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 no. This is beyond <laughs> anything I could have imagined. No, so uh, that, that, these are the, 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 the great moments. Uh, but we didn't know that the mission was the same because we got very angry with the terrible way the cities were being developed in the 80s. And we started in the 90s to provide an alternative to that. Uh, more human skills, more, more uh, human friendly, better public space, more focusing on social qualities. Um, more long-lasting, sustainable development. So, um, and I think that's what we're still doing. Um, but luckily, now we're doing this in a network of uh, 450 people here during these days. How is your feeling now, seeing so many placemakers joining? You know, it, it warms your heart. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's a big step. Uh, and again, you know, we've taken steps before COVID, of course, but uh, we've grown as a network again, and we can be more influential again, which is, I think, what is necessary. At the same time, I feel also always impatient because we have a lot to do. Um, like I said during the conference as well, I think the, the quality of new development, for instance, in our cities is improving, but still I would say 90% is not there yet. Mm -hmm. 
there's still a lot being built. The majority of what, what's being built is not there yet. Um, we did get many, many more municipalities on board this, this, this time, um, and they are necessary to help the local placemakers uh, and to work together. Um, but we don't, uh, there's a lot of municipalities we don't have of yet. Course, so, yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of the people working for municipalities also feel a bit lonely in their organization because their colleagues are not on board yet. Mm. So there's a lot to do still. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so let's talk about how your experience uh, during the week. So how was your experience here in uh, Pontevedra, Vivian? I mean, I can already recall myself in the opening uh, event that I was so nervous. I mean, uh, I have been on stage quite many times. I was a musician. I mean, I don't have supposedly stage fright. And still, we were so much anxious on the backstage. (laughs) And I think the anxiety derived and the stress from the fact that we were able to see again Mm. the extended family of ours. Uh, People that we know or people that we don't know, but we know that we are connected. And that's how the whole week uh, went through. I mean, it was a super full week, lots of inspiration, lots of people meeting, also tiredness that might come out of that, or, you know, like a full mind of ideas. But um, the feeling that I had on the opening act of these uh, butterflies in my stomach. <laughs> Are they still I there? Sti- they're still there. <laughs> they're still there. And they're looking forward, as Hans already said, for more and more things yeah, to, yeah. To, to happen. Yeah. Yes. How, how about your experience here in Pontevedra? Like, tell me about how much, like, what do you think about the city and then about the, the week? Um, I, first day I went to buy a little sandwich. <laughs> the, the long day, some beers already, so we really needed to eat. And we got to this uh, sandwich place and, and you start to have a chat with the guy, no? Yeah. And the guy tells us, uh, we're from, I'm from Buenos Aires and, uh, uh, I, I chose to live in Pontevedra. I said, why Pontevedra? Yeah. And he said, because of the human skill. So if you even have your sandwich sellers on board of human skill, <laughs> then you do a great job. So, yeah, yeah. And that's what we've experienced here in Pontevedra, I think. Um, it is a Valhalla of, of human skill, of the, the city at eye level, as we call it. Mm. Um, really experiencing the people around you in public space, not being overwhelmed by the noise of cars. Cars are welcome, but they're, they're, they're not dominance. They're yeah, not the they're dominance not priors. So yeah, that has been amazing. And everything you can walk in, in, in five minutes, basically, at least in the, in the, in the city, of course. Yeah, yeah. So tell me, Vivian, about your like top three favorite moments. Um, definitely the opening act and the fact that uh, it was even from the first moment okay to feel vulnerable and express my nervousness and people really hugged that and I felt that from the crowd and this continued throughout the rest of the days mm-hmm. and I, so it's difficult to speak of a moment specifically. Uh, I was hosting uh, together m- with my friend Iris every morning a well-being session yeah. so that we can kick off our days with you know focusing on ourselves. It was amazing yeah, and yeah. I'd really like to thank everyone for joining and feeling they're the moment to share. Mm. And I also very much appreciated the, the effort that was done to provide a content, um, practical content and what's happening right now in the field, but focus, focus on our locations and our places. So yeah. we had a very important uh, session around the South uh, East Europe and the Balkan region, which is also very important mm. to me. And I really appreciated that. Nice. How about you, Hans? Like top three favorite moments? Um, I'd, I really had to pinch my arm when we were sitting in the Plaza de Taucro at night. Um, 
because that was our dream for this conference to, you know, to be in public space the, and the public space exactly. and the conference more or less flowing over into each other. Like it's happening here now with this podcast, the, yeah. the, the listeners can't see that, but we're in a, in a shop, uh, open to the, to the public space. And our, our conversation is actually flowing into public space. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's what happened in Taukru Square as well. The, there were pre presentations, but uh, there were kids passing by, and uh, the, the local elderly were having a beer. And yeah. So you, you become part of public life. So that was definitely one of the favorite moments. I loved all the workshops I could attend. <laughs> one of the one of that really I've, I would like to take out maybe. There was a workshop on tactical urbanism, mm -hmm. and on the one hand, it had a, a, a couple from Barcelona who were being activists and doing tactical urbanism, you know, around their own block. Yeah. And on the other hand, there was the city of Milan who had taken that idea of tactical urbanism and scaled it up to the scale that they opened up 40 squares with the help of communities wow. in, in three years' time. Wow, wow. So I think, and that's the story we also, I think that's the story, one of the stories of this conference. Yeah. We should look at all these wonderful pioneers, look at the values, because they are the, the, the groundbreaking ones that do the wonderful work, yeah. and then try to uh, get the system to adopt it, the, the municipalities mm -hmm. and, um, and, and the real estate developers. Yeah. That's the systemic change that we need. Exactly. So what is your, like, your uh, favorite food that you had here? Pulpo. <laughs> you also? Yeah, I, I wouldn't dare to disagree. <laughs> Tell me like a, a highlight about behind the scenes, like about the plan, the team, like just a quick, I, I, I believe that we need like an entire episode. How do you plan for this? But like, tell me quick, like how many people involved in this? How did you gather the different um, sessions, like content and so on? There is an amazing team yeah, uh, behind yeah, this. Yeah. And they've been working on this for nine months to a year. Wow. Uh, there's an amazing team in Placemaking Europe. Um, my colleagues at our colleagues at Stipo have helped a lot. Uh, and there is an amazing team here in the city of Ponte Vedra, and that's super important because you want to connect with uh, whatever is happening locally. Yeah. And they helped a lot uh, with the venues, with all the materials, uh, with the local contacts, uh, and, and, and made, it, made it possible, right? Yeah, that yeah. We had this conference. Yeah. So, okay, let's talk about Ponte Vedra. So uh, now we are here, we are spreading the magic, we are, we are getting inspiration from the city. And uh, I guess tomorrow many of us are going to leave and go back to work. So uh, what is the message that you leave to people working on the city development? What should they really keep in mind when they de develop the city? I hear the city uh, say that uh, they would like to uh, have more tourists. They would like to get more foreign investment. They would like to develop the city further with a creative economy. And I think those are all good things to do. Um, but there is a warning in there because th those are the things that the city like Amsterdam, Barcelona were saying in the 90s and they now regret that they didn't combine that strategy with making sure that the, the city stays good for locals because mm -hmm. this is a really a local city, uh, local manufacturers, there's yeah. plumbers, repair shops everywhere still um, and you don't want to lose that to Nutella shops. So um, you, 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 I think um, you have to realize that probably tourism will go up a lot still, and 
the prices will go up a lot still, and now you have the moment to, to act on it. Yeah. So Ponte Vedra is in a very crucial moment, and they really wanted to use this conference as well, not to only attract, to celebrate yeah. the past 20 years, but also to look 20 years ahead, which I, I thought was really, really wonderful. Yeah. What do you think, Vivian? What is your message? Yeah, I think the fact that they have managed or organic to, to have such a human scale, the fact that you see everyone is super impressed with how much public life you yeah, see here, yeah. regardless of the weather, that we also had some rainy days mm. and people were still out walking, uh, eating, uh, shopping. So I think this livelihood is something that you should really cherish. And yeah. uh, I, would, I don't want to say protect because protection is not is, maybe a limiting word, but uh, to appreciate and see what has to offer back uh, yeah. for the future. Yeah, and, and Hans, I want to... to come back to you like the, your, about your message so how how can they think in order to not like uh, do the same mistake as how the big cities did protect the manufacturers cherish them um, make sure you get a strategy for the vacant stores that are here the vacant properties i know the municipality doesn't own them but you can have Still, intermediates yeah. uh, who help with uh, making new combinations uh, include all of the population of course um, and um, make sure you might set up a fund to acquire some property now, because now you can do it, and, and 20 years from now, you won't be able to do it anymore. True. So what, what did you learn from Pontevedra? What will you take back home? Uh, I think uh, one of the... Uh, we didn't really did talk about this, but it was present in the whole uh, conference, is the, the, what I like to call place leadership. Mm, if you yeah. want to build a community, you always need somebody to start it. Of course. Um, if you want to create a great place, you always need somebody to start it. And we had the opening by the mayor. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, I heard everybody say, can we please duplicate this mayor to our <laughs> own city? Can we have more of these mayors? And then you start to think, how many mayors do really see the value of community in place? Not so many. Not so many. So we need to develop that leadership. But then place leadership for me is also the, the people who do the wonderful yeah. work on the ground. They are the leaders as yeah, well, right? Yeah. So I, th I, think, I think the mayor is a matter of people's leadership and caring about like, who is managing the city. Exactly. And I think also the political aspect here, how it grew, the fact that uh, they had the power from the voting itself to proceed with what they have managed to do in the city. For me, it's an amazing lesson that I want to take back to Greece as well yeah. and really talk about it. And the last time we walked around with the mayor uh, on the street and... Um, he said before that, uh, yeah, people don't want participation, they want results. So we thought, hmm, this is a bit, bit top-down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then we started walking around and um, the mayor said, yeah, but here on this corner, I know there's a handicapped person living here, so we kept the uh, parking space. Yeah. So there is something about the skill of a city of 80,000 residents yeah. that participation is not something you need to organize in a different, by a different method. It's yeah. just part of daily life. And that gives pause to the larger cities. How can we organize ourselves at the scale of 80,000, even if you're in a eight, eight million yeah. resident city? You know, how yeah. can you break it down into entities where your, your, your politicians and the people who work for the city are really yeah. close yeah. to the population enough to know exactly. who's living on yeah. the corner? Yeah. No, like I, recently before I come here, I did a, a placemaking uh, dialogue here in, in Sweden. And people told me like, we don't know who are the people who's managing the city or the area here. We never saw their faces. Oh, now this is not all, all entire Sweden, but like linking to the story. Like, imagine. So, how can you build a trust or a relationship with your community? 
So next question is about if you want to take a part, a place from Pontevedra to your city, which place will you take back home? For me, it's very easy to say. I fell in love with uh, Plaza Verdura, I think it's called. It is this amazing scale of a square with uh, amazing plain tent, public life. Uh, we have our colleagues living on the houses above and they were yelling at us when we were going uh, you know, past it. So I think it has all these elements that we love about um, city life yeah. and, the, and the food market, please. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, Vivian stole my answers uh, just now, but uh, find the new places then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so I think Pontevedra is a role model for a lot mm -hmm. of other cities because of the scale yeah. of the human scale. Mm -hmm. A lot of other cities have a small part, but they really worked on this consistently for 20 years. So um, maybe I want to bring that stamina, that stamina and that leadership uh, to, to yeah, other yeah, cities, yeah. To, to home. Yeah. And now many placemaking, many placemakers listening to you. So uh, usually we talk about, oh, what are we going to do and so on. But I usually ask, what should we stop doing as placemakers? So what do you think? What should we stop doing? The, um, there is this notion that placemaking is place branding sometimes, mm -hmm. uh, warming a place up and then making it ready for development. Okay. And for me, that's not placemaking. Mm. That's that's really branding. So that's that's what we should stop doing because yeah. um, a placemaker for me is creating a community around place, and every community wants to have a heart of the community where they can meet, no matter mm. how how rich or poor they are. I, I I've been working the past two years in a low-income migrant neighborhood in Amsterdam, mm. and what the people there are saying is that we miss that our social that our public space is also social. Place. The, 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 yeah. the municipality makes it easily maintainable, but that also means it's very sterile, it's very boring. Mm, mm. Um, so the people know what they want. Also in a neighborhood like that, they, they want to have great place. Yeah. So I, th I think we need to keep working on uh, re de defining, getting the, the good de definition of what yeah. placemaking, genuine yeah. placemaking I mean, is. I mean, keep following the, the core values. Yes, yeah, that, that's what I would say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Vivian? For me, the first word that came to my mind when you asked that question was stop making assumptions in, in the sense that sometimes placemakers assume that some people do, don't want to be part of a process, mm. some things won't work, though we're quite flexible, I think, in our, in our own nature, but the assumption is still there that things might not work, that we might not be good enough for a process. So... Um, for me, and maybe it's an also note to myself, I think, mm. stop making assumptions and just go for what might, might emerge yeah. out of the process. Yeah. Dive into it. Yeah. So what is, what is now we are here celebrating like uh, our community and what we achieve. What is next for Placemaking Europe? The next uh, Placemaking Week Europe 2023 will be the last weekend of uh, September again. Nice. So um, put that in your diary and uh, the early bird tickets will be on sale soon. Nice. Um, so we will work towards that and uh, we have uh, several cities already who, who would like to be the host, yeah. um, but we need to come to a selection, of course. Of course, yeah. Um, so that's a, going to be a big next step. We're going to reactivate the community further. We have had COVID years. So uh, we need to work on that, bring people back together again, um, and starting by the wonderful bottom-up placemakers, but we want to connect them more with the system 
So okay. we're super proud that uh, Which system? in in um, Valencia three years ago, we, I think we had about uh, 15 people representing municipalities, one five. Now we had uh, 60, 60 wow. people. So the 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 interest is is growing, mm. and and that changes the conversation, makes it much more sustainable because you need both sides to yeah. find each other. Yeah. Um, and then the next step will be to work on the same systemic change more on the real estate side because we need to find our allies in real estate more and more. And, and there were a great couple here. We had mm. heard great stories of King's Cross, of Ildenant, yeah. of uh, several other projects, of placemakers becoming developers themselves. Um, but it's not nearly enough to address that 90% of terrible de development. So we yeah. need to do much more there. Yeah. I think an interesting aspect would also be to see what can, I will go again to the local and regional one, mm. to see what kind of uh, networks are about to pop uh, regionally. Because I saw a lot of potential during Placemaking Week now that people were talking about their own regions and what they have in common. So I think this will emerge in the next few months mm. as well. Region, region like, like what? Like, uh, For instance, with the Balkans, okay, we were yeah, talking yeah, about it. Yeah. Uh, the Nordic uh, mm, network mm. is already working and yeah. they, I think they're, they're trying to develop further, yes. Yeah, if, and if we have, like, say, let's say, like countries, listeners from specific countries listening to you now and thinking about starting a network, how how do you help as a placemaking Europe? Get in touch with us, yes. and we'll we'll talk about it. We we have the the experience to run the network, and we really stimulate the 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 national networks because that that means that you can physically meet each other. And, yeah, and that's so super because we are people people. We it's nice to be online, but we really wanna <laughs> wanna be sitting at a cafe and a restaurant together. No? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we are almost in the end of of this episode. Two questions. The first one, each one of you give three takeaway messages to our placemaking community. The first one is to continue connecting with each other virtually, but most importantly, physically. I think the energy that we have felt here while being all together cannot be compared to the digital one. Do the leap of faith. Do not be afraid to take action and uh, trust the people that you have around you. And the third one, I would say, trust your own gut. I mean, uh, as placemakers, it is in our own nature to really feel what's good for our communities and for our places, and don't be afraid to do it. Mm. That's mm. Amazing, place. amazing. Um, don't be afraid to uh, work with the system for the local placemakers. Yeah. Because sometimes we are becoming kind of opposites from each other, and, and you can't always help it because sometimes you really get fierce opposition from the system. I know I, I, we're in it in the middle of it as well, but we need each other. We really need each other. So that's a first uh, takeaway. Listen to your podcasts. <laughs> you are one of our place leaders and I want to thank you for, for your you so amazing much. work. You've, you've been doing so many uh, great uh, interviews here and, and how they again poured out into the streets it was amazing so thank you so much i want to thank you for that because we need to tell uh, get the story out from what we are sharing here in this city to the rest of the world and you're helping to do that so thanks uh, that's a big step and i think i'm going to leave it at those two thank you so much so the last question is going to be you asking it now it's your turn ask me and the listeners a question um for the listener I think um, it, it, it would be great to uh, be always keen to expand the network further. Um, to expand the network of cities, for instance. Uh, we are building a program called Cities in, in Placemaking. 
if you know a city um, that should participate, and and it's it's never a city, it's a person always in a city, right? It's a some somebody your angel inside. Uh, please please bring them forward and, and come along yeah. come along and join that network um, because we can only build the networks if we do that with all of us so um, that would be my question to the to the listeners my question to you would be have you had enough time to enjoy the the, the wonderful squares of Ponte Veda and what was your key moment in in, in Ponte Veda good question <laughs> Hans just told my question to you, but um, I'll think of another one. Um, my question to the listeners would be to um, maybe take right now a, a piece of paper next to them. Mm. Maybe not, it's not a question, it's a challenge. And write down the assumptions that you have about your own self and your city. Write them down. What do you think would work or wouldn't work? And try to challenge this assumption. The next time you meet a fellow placemaker, try to work on these challenges together, these assumptions. And uh, my question to you, Mustafa, would be, where do you go next after here? Mm, interesting. So thank you so much for giving your time. And your answers? Ah, you want my answers now? Yeah, <laughs> you put us on the spot. We're going to put you on the spot. <laughs> okay, next uh, from here, like I will go back to the hotel, dress very well to get ready to meet the team and uh, for the closing ceremony. And to answer your question, I think I love the square. I cannot pronounce the name. The Teucro, Praça yeah, de yeah, Teucro. Yeah. I, I don't know. I fall in love with it. I, I think maybe because of the people and then the, the beautiful outdoor furniture. And a big thanks to Ponte Veda. Placemaking yeah. Europe yeah. still exists because of Ponte Veda. We should not forget. True. Thank you so much.